I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Hi, this is Stacy with Mass Ventures. Today, our topic is how to scale, how to build and scale engineering teams. And to just discuss this topic, I am joined today with my colleague, Priya Yadav. Priya, why don't you introduce yourself briefly? Sounds great, Stacey. Uh, thank you for having me for this topic. Uh, so prior to joining Mass Ventures, I worked at Intel for over 22 years. Uh, started out as an individual contributor, an engineer, you know, designing microprocessors, and then gradually worked my way up uh, through the years to manage engineering teams. So I started with three people and at peak uh, managed about 350 people. So uh, this topic, right, is actually very relevant to me um, because um, through, you know, building and uh, scaling teams, we were able to deliver concurrent, very complex projects on very aggressive timelines. Um, and I went through many employee downturns and upticks, as you can imagine, uh, depending on how great or how difficult the times are for the company. Um, so bringing on the right talent and building a resilient workforce uh, was uh, a key mission for me um, as the Intel Massachusetts uh, site leader. Um, so I think um, if I were to just elaborate, um, Intel has many sites, Massachusetts is a satellite site. Um, so if we were to stay relevant, which is the case with any company, even if you're starting out, um, then my belief was that we had to demonstrate that we could ramp the right capacity with the right talent um, and so that we could be trusted to deliver, you know, some of the most compelling projects that brought in a lot of revenue for the company. So that's why, you know, I'm so thrilled that you have me here today uh, to discuss this topic. Well, it, it is a fascinating topic and your experience is incredibly relevant. It really can make or break a startup, bringing on those key contributors and having a building an engineering team um, it's very important to success. So um, what are some of this, the strategies that companies can use? I mean, help us figure it out. Yeah, uh, before I, I go into the strategies, uh, let me just um, talk about why is it important, right? Not to just build a team, but scale it effectively. And the key word is effectively, right? You can hire talent from anywhere. You can bring in people, but do you have the right people? Because in today's fast-paced environment, right, where startups have to stay relevant and competitive, you have to innovate and turn things around on a dime, right? Yeah. So it seems like simple enough, but it's really not. So proper planning and putting the right checks and balances in place is, is very important to make Planning sure and with flexibility, exactly. right? It's hard. Exactly. Truly. Um, so when you have a small number of people, right, 
um, you know everyone, you know what their strengths are, you know, communication is great and, uh, you know, everybody does their job, life is peachy keen, right? That's how <laughs> it's When the challenges come that, hey, I have more products to offer, I need to build teams really fast and, uh, you know, having a solid strategy in place becomes much more important at that time. Um, and um, so having, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, if you know Stacey, right, as you know, not if you know, um, when you look at the top reasons startups fail, team is one of the most, also among the more relevant reasons. Um, so, um, and you- actually, I'm I'm realizing listening to you is how how common it is to have a satellite team, especially now where people are remote. But sometimes people hire teams in other states or other countries, even. Exactly, and and so. Um, as I was, I mean, you're, you're right. And that's why, right, it's, it's, I think what some of the things that I said may be tied to Intel and my experiences there are more relevant in current times. Uh, but also that if you do not, um, you know, build a good team, right, then the chances are that, uh, you know, you could have dysfunction, you could have, you know, unnecessary conflicts in the team. Um, and uh, what that means is that, right, um, you know, you, the, your chances of succeeding um, get you know, dimmer as, as time goes. So you need to nip it in the bud. And um, and I'm very happy to share with you, Stacey, about maybe seven-ish strategies that, you know, we adopted or I adopted at, during my time at Intel, um, which uh, I think apply to any startup or even uh, established companies. I don't think- Okay, Priya's top seven, top seven strategies. Let's- Top let's seven, have... but I could go on and on about each one. <laughs> so, so let me know when to stop. So. Uh, number one, um, you need to do good workforce planning, right? You need to know, okay, um, I have, um, uh, this is how I'm going to build a strong talent acquisition process, right? To bring the right people in to position you for success. So number one um, is, uh, you know, uh, make sure that, um, you know, whether it is around sourcing resumes, doing phone interviews, video interviews, background checks, you know, asking for referrals, uh, you are defining a process, right? That works across the board, right? It doesn't matter who you're hiring for or, or, or what you're hiring for. Um, and you should be ready to constantly evaluate and optimize that process, okay? Because times change, things that you had used maybe a few years ago may be obsolete. So technology is advancing. So use what is there up, out there, right? To make sure that your processes to go about doing this are first of all, well-defined, right? Um, have a, a solid acquisition, a talent acquisition team. So whoever is working with you, uh, make sure that you are empowering them, right? If you have hiring managers, if, you know, and maybe it's, that's not true in a startup, but if you have someone who's responsible for bringing in uh, the talent, then make sure you're empowering them uh, with the right authority, right? What do they need to know when they're trying to bring in people, right? And most importantly, give them the time, right? In startups, yeah. it's, it's, it's- Mistakes are expensive with hiring. Exactly. So you have to prioritize it. It's time consuming, but mistakes are more expensive. Yeah, and and uh, so, so giving them the authority to make decisions quickly, to identify the right candidates quickly, you know, and, and providing them all the support they need uh, in terms of also using you know, app, uh, professional applicant uh, tracking tools, right, that are out there to get more visibility and depth in the hiring life cycle is important. At least, um, you know, it, it was at, in bigger companies. And I think, again, you can adapt as, you know, depending on the stage of your startup, but you have to look at, you know, looking, using all channels, such as university visits, for example, right, uh, meetups, conferences, 
networking sites, right? Exploit social media to the hilt, right? The way I look at it now, right? Because uh, don't leave things for chance, right? Uh, so my hiring managers had set targets. Okay, this is how you need to ramp up. Um, and this is how much you can negotiate, right? Obviously, we're all strapped for cash. Doesn't matter how big or small you are. So you want to bring on the right talent, but you know, no, give them the, the empowerment, right? Because you can do all of it, right? So give people uh, the opportunity to go find the right people at the right grade without bringing in people who are so, you know, um, even if they're the best, uh, well, you know, the next best thing to slice bread, you don't want to shake your organization uh, in the sense uh, people coming in are, you know, maybe more highly compensated than somebody who's at that same level, uh, maybe they're a little longer. So you got to think through all these things and, uh, and make sure that, you know, um, you're, you're effectively doing a good job on that front, right? So, uh, because um, the quality of your recruitment task force will eventually directly impact the quality of your staff. So that's, um, I think, um, how I, I look at that aspect of making sure the hiring processes are streamlined. And uh, now, um, yes, you went and identified the right talent, you know, you did all of that, what next, right? You've got to assimilate your employees, right? I mean, they have to, you know, whether it's a team of two, 10, 15, right? As you as you grow, um, when new hires come in, make sure they're onboarded with the, you know, the same company strategy overview, not just benefits, right? They, they need to know everything that you're, you think is relevant to establish a solid and a, and a working culture, right, in your organization. So I was going to say, yeah, mission, including mission and culture. It's... Exactly. So, so you know, make sure that, you know, you, your leaders, right, if there's more in a company, right, you take the time to meet and greet employees, right, um, assign a buddy, make them feel welcome, right, so that, you know, little things like taking them for lunch or, introducing them to others in the team, that goes a long way to make sure that they feel like, okay, hey, I'm part of this group now and I really want to, you know, work for this team, right? It's not just an interview ploy to get me on board. So um, so you kind of have to kind of set the bar as leaders, I guess, or uh, uh, for, for that company, uh, whether it's a startup. And um, also um, realize that, okay, uh, onboarding is done, now what, right? As teams uh, grow, right, you also have to look at um, do I need to have a different structure in place for my team, right? If there are like 10, 15, 20 people, 50, 100, say, for example, um, you can't have a very flat organization, right? You need, I mean, it, it becomes very inefficient, right? If everybody has to go through one channel, so you can break them up vertically, make smaller teams, right? Try and keep them as independent as possible, which is very impossible, I feel, these days where there's a lot of dependency on talking, but try and see how you can structure them effectively. And uh, keep at least, um, you know, minimal hierarchy, but something, but set standard processes in place so that you can kind of duplicate what, what each team is doing consistently, right? I mean, how do you, how do you set up hierarchy? Because it can really, you know, make some people feel passed over or burned out or like looked over and, and you could yeah. feel like, I don't, I don't want this person being like my boss. I know. I used, to, I used to talk to Priya one on one. Now I have to go through Julie. How do you yeah, deal with that? Exactly. So that's uh, that's always tough. I mean, I've had to go through it, right? It's, I think it's your growth as a leader, right? I mean, uh, it, it's it's something that um, I think you get better with over time, and it comes down to establishing a relationship with whoever you work for, right? I mean, so the way what I would tell my employees is and my managers as well as that make the time to get to know your employees really, really well, right? I mean, you can use so many different ways to do that. 
And I would also make sure that um, I would meet their, like if I had a manager and they had Julie as an employee, right? And Julie used to work for me. Then I would make sure that I would meet Julie periodically, maybe not as often as I did before, but I wouldn't just go out of sight, you know, and out of mind kind of on her. Schedule so, those one-on-ones, right? Every other one-on-ones. week, um, make sure exactly. that. Depending yeah. on how much, how many, like I had 350 people, obviously at peak, I couldn't meet everyone. So I would go for team meetings, for example. And uh, when they had team meetings and I would just say, hey guys, I'm here. What do you want to talk about? What do you have, you know, any concerns, raise issues. And if there were some personal issues, right? Or somebody was uncomfortable with your manager, they set up time with me. And so those are just things that you have to reinforce in your organization across the board that this is your expectation, that it does not matter if there's a two levels of hierarchy, right? Uh, you're one team, right? And um, and it's in everybody. That's why having that culture, right, where everybody feels it's a fair, transparent organization is important. And, and communicating the basics, like nobody's a mind reader. People don't necessarily know that you really mean it, that they can reach out to you at any time if they have a personal issue or, right, you just, exactly. this is our policy or this is my policy. <laughs> just yeah. say it. Yeah, People, because after a while when the team's growing, Initially, y'all know each other, like you said, so well, but some of the new people come in, they weren't there on the early days. They don't necessarily know you as well. They don't know that that's really your culture or like the company culture. Yeah. 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 So it, it takes time. But my, my advice there is that start early and keep reinforcing and keep reinforcing in every which way. Right. Uh, just so that it doesn't go out of control at some point in time when the team has grown so big. And everybody's doing their own thing or there's conflicts because then you have people, you know, turning over discontent and, you know, that's, you know, your downfall. So it's just something that, you know, is easier to manage when you're smaller. Uh, so just be, be mindful of it. And, uh, and I guess use best policies or, or practices, right, to make sure that your organization, you know, is, is, is uh, able to follow your lead on that. So um, the other thing, Stacey, that I think you'll agree with is that um, reskilling a workforce, right, is also important in startups. You know, you kind of end up doing everything end to end, right? Typically, you do whatever it takes. Now, you can do that maybe as your teams grow, right? Um, so you have to look at how do you kind of make sure that you can go and hire for every single need either, right? And and everybody comes in with their talents, their abilities. So you have to, I guess, have a good pulse on your people to understand that. Um, how can you give them opportunities to extend their skills to maybe adjacent domains, right? If it's technical, right? Say, for example, I would say that if I had a microprocessor team and I had like logic designers, okay, who did the coding, who, did, who designed, you know, the worked on the logic, and there were validators who worked on the functional validation, say, for example, then, you know, each one is, is an expert in what they do, but make sure that if you know functional validation is going to be my long pull in my project, right? Because then, train your logic designers because it's an easier pivot to take on assignments or small work, right? That gives them skills, which in the long run is good for them. If they go out, leave the company, they can still be relevant outside. And within the company, they can, you know, jump in and take on things um, without having to learn something at the last minute. So you can, so those are things- Support their professional growth, right? Support their professional growth. And that's why knowing your employees well, knowing their interests, what are they good at? How can they, you know, um, I mean, you know, some, some people are just um, maybe reluctant uh, to, to change and they like to grow in the areas they're good at. 
But I think it's just kind of working with them, making people understand that to uh, be relevant, right? You have to reskill yourself constantly, right? And whether it's in this company or outside. So that's another thing that I feel we need to pay more attention to, right? So um, then I can go on, but let me know, <laughs> uh, right? Um, assigning mentors, having a solid technical foundation, right? Making sure people have the ability to grow in their own field, doing uh, you know best practices such as code reviews, right? If you have a you know or um, rigorous quality checking, just make sure you're thinking of those and your building processes. You can easily kind of expand and 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 uh, you know um, and 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 push across your entire organization. So those are kinds of uh, some of the some of the key things besides uh, like effective communication, as you said, right? Which are very very critical from my standpoint to having a very successful company and a robust, um, I, I guess, culture for uh, growth. And, and the words you kept coming back to, both um, as actual words and also between the lines, was process and being intentional. Like this is all very doable, but you, as an engineer, you actually have to engineer it a little bit. And there's yeah. And there's help and resources as well for people who are managing for the first time. They also need, right? You would your own support yeah, yeah, as, as 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 your company grows and what you went through, um, your or your group's relevancy within Intel grew. Then your role grew and grew and grew. And exactly, and that's <laughs> the thing that everybody needs to be aware of. That you know. Um, you can feel bad, hey, I'm not working for this one. Those kinds of things happen all the time. It's human behavior. Like you like your boss a lot, but they move on. And 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 the way I look at it is the higher you go, the more opportunity you have to influence, right? The, the team, the success of the team, the company. And so I think uh, if everybody has that mindset that, you know, um, this, the company is what we are there for, right? And and if we are successful in making the company successful, you know, you're going to be successful. So I think um, I think it's just a mindset also um, to make sure that you know um, you are absolutely playing a key role in the company's success. So from an employee standpoint, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's great advice, Priya. Thank you so much for sharing those insights. Can oh, you sorry. summarize them really quickly? We have like. You had seven. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> One um, word. Yeah. Oh, but uh, maybe I'll just summarize my takeaway, closing thoughts, right, on this. Um, so scaling, building and scaling effective engineering teams is not a one-time or a one-size-fits-all uh, kind of thing. It's not rocket science either, right? Um, so it's you have to just constantly evolve, um, you know, evaluate, identify gaps, uh, put processes in place uh, to, you know, avoid gaps like that in the future. And don't underestimate the importance of this, right? Uh, strive not to leave any stone unturned and uh, because this is what a good team is what will position your company for future success. So I think that's my takeaway, Stacey. It's absolutely critical. I agree with you 100%. Great. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.